which I've heard a lot of great things about the Jesus habits. And I'll be talking about the habit of obedience. How an obedience. And you know, there's something about the word obedience that when you hear it, it just kind of might make you feel a certain kind of way. You know, obedience. It's like, oh man, am I preparing for a deep talk? Or, ooh, what's, what's going to happen? There's certainly a, a, a few habits of Jesus that are, are a little bit more appealing, um, like the, the habit of walking around in sandals. Um, that's a pretty cool one in the summertime, like that one, like walking around in sandals. Uh, there's the habit of going to banquets. That's a pretty cool one. We like to party. That's kind of fun. like that habit. Uh, there's even the, the habit of, of multiplying food. That's a good habit. Got some bread, got some fish. Man, if he just did some bacon... Ooh, that'd be, that'd be good. So there's a lot of the habits that are a little bit more appealing. But then there's obedience. A little tougher to swallow. Uh, in Matthew 28, 18, it says, Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to everything I have commanded you. You know, even when we read this scripture, I think a lot of times we like the, the going aspect of it. That's pretty cool. Let's go somewhere. Uh, but maybe not so necessarily much the, uh, the teaching to obey or, or even the learning to obey process of it. But it makes us think about, you know, what, what does obedience look like? And maybe we need a healthier view of obedience. I mean, I think about Jesus and John the Baptist in, in Matthew 3, and uh, he uh, follows John to fulfill all righteousness. Or there's Jesus and the devil in Matthew 4, uh, where he decides not to take any shortcuts, but Jesus follows God's word. That's a good thing. But even the, the meaning of obedience in the Greek, some of the different meanings are, are listening, observing, keeping, being attentive, compliance, uh, yielding and conforming, submission, uh, complete, not partial, and not delayed. You know, and sometimes we need to look at the, the opposite of the word, the antonym of the word, to help bring a little bit better understanding. Uh, partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Not listening attentively is disobedience. Not keeping is disobedience. Taking shortcuts, not conforming, not submitting, all forms of disobedience. But I gotta admit, that second list of disobedience it can look a little bit more attractive at times. I'm taking a shortcut. Ooh, can I just take a little shortcut here? Or the not conforming. Ooh, I like being myself. I like my individuality. It can be a little bit more attractive. But what does God say about it? What are the results when I disobey? Maybe it's a quick fix. Maybe it's satisfaction for the moment. Usually brings about weird relationships, job problems, education problems, teens, campus. It can bring about fines with the law if you're disobedient. On the other hand, what are the results when I'm obedient? To God. Uh, more importantly, what were the results when Jesus was obedient? Because if we're looking at 
his habits, and it's certainly Jesus is the one that we need to be imitating, amen? Why was it so important for him to be obedient? Why should we, we break these habits of, of disobedience that can seem so attractive and can be so ingrained in us to develop seemingly harder working habits? Well, point number one, obedience made him the real deal. Obedience made him the real deal. Let's look at Matthew 23. You can look on the screens or follow along on your devices or books at home. In Matthew 23, it says, Then Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But do not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. You know, it's crazy to think that the teachers of the day, what they were known for was, uh, was what they said, but, but not what they did. You know, it can be disappointing uh, when you find out someone's a hypocrite, can it? When they're a, a fraud. It, it's like how I went for uh, uh, this cliff bar in this box. I was, I was really hungry, and uh, I have it in here. And, and I went for this cliff bar. And man, I was wanting a, you know, a, a chocolatey chip, really tasting good snack. I'm like, oh, this is going to be good. I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat it. But then I, I, I pulled it out of the box, and as I was lifting it, I noticed it, it felt a little light. I mean, the package was together, but there wasn't much in it. There's just a little bit of air in there. I was disappointed. I was actually a little frustrated, but <laughs> uh, what is it? Hungry? I was hu uh, hangry? I was hangry? <laughs> hangry wanting a snack? But it was just a bunch. Of <laughs> it's funny to me now, but at the time, I was just like, man. I mean, it's just a bunch of, it's, it's completely sealed. You can, you can uh, show and tell later. Uh, completely sealed, but it's totally full of hot air. In a life without obedience, without action, it's just a life of hot air, of air. No substance. Just trying to produce something nice, but there's nothing there to totally complete it. In Matthew 7, 21, it says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father, who is in heaven, will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. You know, Jesus says people will talk it up and sound convincing. It's like, Ooh, I'm a cliff bar. Look at me. Wow. But there's no cliff bar. He wants us to be the real deal. He doesn't want anything less. In fact, he doesn't accept less. In verse 24, 
Jesus says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and it does not put them into practice is, is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. Put the words into practice. Keep my commands. Me and, me and Bethany are actually looking at houses right now. Uh, we'll, we'll see what God does long term, but right now we like being in the DFW. But we're looking at houses, and please be praying for us as we're looking around at that. But as we're looking at houses, there's no way that I would think, man, I really want to buy a great. No, not, not the rock. No, not the solid one. The sand one. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's sandy. It feels good. Yeah. Wow, I really feel really secure for uh, my potential daughter and my wife in this house made of sand. No. And that's not what God wants for us. He wants something solid. He wants something well-built for us. How do we know Jesus lived this out as a habit? Well, besides the Gospels. Let's read the next verse. In verse 28, it says, When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. Why? Well, because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Now, how were the teachers of the law? They were full of hot air because they didn't practice what they preached. Jesus was genuine. He lived it out. In Matthew 7, 12, Jesus says, So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Do to others. Jesus did to others. In everything, he obeyed. Everything. That's what the scripture said. In, in everything, do it. You know, he forgave. He served when it was uncomfortable. He was purposeful. He was pure with women. He was the real deal. I mean, imagine that. I mean, yeah, okay, he didn't have internet pornography back then. But pure in his thoughts. Pure in his relationships with others. Not making out or sleeping around. Not trying to get things for his own. But in everything. I mean, I think about my relationship with my wife. Recently, we had a, a, a bump, believe it or not. And um, we had a little conflict. I don't remember all the details. Uh, she probably remembers all the details. <laughs> Amazing how that works. But the gist of it, <laughs> I was in a bad mood, I was feeling tired, and then she said something, and then it, it, I just shut down. I just shut down, I was just angry and just didn't want to deal, it wasn't good. I know, shocker. But thankfully, I had the sense enough to like start texting some brothers, bro, you know, please pray for me, I'm just, ugh. It's hard, it's hard when it's frustrating, or you're, you're feeling tempted with something just to just to let that all go in everything obey god because it's like the anger or the whatever is it's there but that's how we become the real deal and i need help to live this way i, I need you to help me out so i'm not a hypocrite 
I, I don't want to be like a Cliff Bar package. I want to be the real deal. I want people to think, wow, he, he practices what he preaches. So I need your help. And we all need each other's help. To hold each other accountable to help us be the real deal. In 1 John chapter 2, verse 3, it says, We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says, I know him, but does not do what he commands is a liar. And the truth is not in that person. The verse says, you're a liar if you say you know him, but don't do what he says. So how good are you at doing what he says? Are you being a liar? I mean, that was me before that baptism picture earlier. Oh, yeah, I, I knew God, but I didn't know what he commanded. My life was messed up, and, and I was a hypocrite. And I don't want to be that way. I don't want to live that life. I don't want to be fake, and, I, and I'm glad those brothers helped me out. And I don't want to be fake now. I want to be real like Jesus, which means I, I need to obey and practice obedience. Amen? Amen. Point number two. That wasn't like a really loud super amen, but that was a good, that was a good, okay, we're thinking about this amen, okay, we're, we're taking it in. Uh, let's, let's go on to point number two to kind of keep going with this. All right. Two, obedience made him perfect. Obedience made him perfect. Romans five nineteen. For just as through the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. Disobedience goes along with the meaning of, of hearing amiss, of not paying attention. The obedience there goes along with hearing, of observing, of, of complying, of conforming to God's standards. But that obedience helped Jesus to be made perfect. And we see what Jesus was able to do by conforming to the Father and his word. You know, often we have a hard time listening or, or paying attention. Now, I don't know if you've ever been in this situation, but, you know, we're, we're, we're talking to someone and, and we're in the midst of a, a conversation, uh, but then we think about the conversation we were in right before, and then we're trying to talk to this person, and then we start thinking about the next conversation, and then our phone starts be buzzing, and you're like, oh, who's texting me? Or it's like a reminder going off, and you remember you got to pay your credit card, and you, then you suddenly you remember you forgot to pay the other credit card, and then you're like, oh my gosh, how's my pregnant wife doing? And then you're like, oh, how's my, my back or my illness or whatever else is going? And then we have so many things going on in our head that it's like, wait, what? <laughs> What's going on? What? Huh? I'm sorry, what? I could just have a hard time listening, and, and, and that's how we can be with God. We can have a hard time listening to God. I mean, even when we're trying to learn about God or do good things, we can get so caught up in the, in the advice that we want to hear, or advice we want to go with. Or even translations of what you want to hear. 
You get so caught up in it. It's like, well, I, you know, I like the, the new, new, super duper new revised, standardized, American, English, Bible, contemporary, messaged out, revised again, standardized. Man, that's the translation I want to go with. And we just forget to listen to God, to be attentive, to follow through, to do what he wants us to do. We can just listen. That's what God is telling us sometimes. Can you just listen? Can you, can you pause your thoughts? Can you turn off your devices? Can you turn off your social media and connect with his social network? Can you just observe and be attentive and listen? In Hebrews 5.8, it says, Son though he was, he learned obedience from what he suffered. And once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. You know, becoming a source of salvation, that's a pretty big deal. That's what obedience helps you become. And obviously we can't replace being the source, but our obedience will guide people to the source of salvation and lead us to perfection in Christ. In Matthew 26, verse 36, it says, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible... May this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. It's probably the, the easiest example of obedience we can see is what Jesus did for us leading up to and dying on the cross. I'm feeling some stuff. God, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow. Is it possible for this cup of wrath to be taken away? Is it possible for me not to take on the sins of everyone, for me not to go through this yet not as I will, but as you will? He surrendered his physical body, his emotions, his opinions, his preferences, and we love our opinions and preferences. But he submitted his preferences. He listened. But as you will. You know, and I say this is the easiest example we can see, but the reality is he was already doing this for, for 30 years with the, the little moments Every day, no sin, but as you will. 
every day. A couple of weeks ago, we went to Bethany's uh, biological grandma's funeral. It's my grandma now, but we went to her funeral. She was a disciple in the, the Nashville church. She's 91 years old. I was just, I was impacted by the sharing. I mean, just her, 91 years old. Like, man, I hope I'm doing good when I'm 91 years old. But her obedience, I mean, even though life challenges, physical pains, everything, but her obedience and staying connected. Her obedience in, in working her thoughts towards God. Towards holding on to scriptures. Her, her obedience in, in taking communion every week. Obedience in giving her tithe that she would write out. Obedience in, in continuing to learn. She had a whole ton of books. I mean, even though she was 91 years old, she was just learning, wanting to know more, reading, hearing sermons. Her, her obedience was inspiring to, to me, to the crowd, just hearing these different stories that people were sharing about her. And what's more important now is that she is made perfect in heaven. And that perfect in heaven, that, that motivates me. And that, that should motivate us to, to submit everything to him. To see the big picture, to realize, wow, I'm obeying for something more, to be perfect, to be complete in heaven. Surrendering it all. Obeying the command to be unified, not just, oh, you know, I'm, I'm unified in the spirit. Just kind of stay over here and do my thing. But of one mind and purpose with other disciples. Obeying the command to tithe in, in good and bad. Obedience in, in taking our, our worldly thoughts captive and, and thinking godly thoughts. Whether that's just negative thoughts about ourselves or or life's obstacles, or just other people, and thinking more lovely thoughts about other people. But obeying in everything to be made perfect. Obeying, in, obe obeying until we go into heaven. Obeying to, to shape us, to mold us, to make us perfect and complete. Thirdly, obedience brings love. Obedience brings love. And this is my last point, in case you were wondering. I know sometimes you can be in a lesson, you're like, whoa, how many points are we going on here? Appreciate your listening attentively. Obedience brings love. You know, often we can have this, at least I think, I can have this split personality when it comes to love and obedience. Kind of have like the, the love, oh yeah, hippie Jesus, like love, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> Little bird, yeah. And then there's like the, the obedience, the work, the top, ah, it's obedience. When I was in, in high school, I played this uh, character named uh, Brutus uh, in, the, in the play Julius Caesar. Yeah, nice. It was good. Um, and he was very conflicted. He dealt with the 
the love of his friend, Caesar, and whether he should kill him or not, which that's, that's definitely some conflict. Uh, but he was trying to figure it out if it was, it was for the glory of Rome. And so he had these two separate, he separated in his mind, oh, I either have to kill him or, you know, glory. Okay, is it, is it loving Rome or is it loving him? How, you know, they're two separate issues. And of course, he listened to some bad advice. He had some bad people in his life. We're telling him, no, kill him, just kill him. But he didn't figure out a way to combine the two. And he was a leader among other people. And instead of combining it, he, he didn't love his friend. And then he didn't help Rome any better either. And I think with us, when we don't combine the ideas of, of love and obedience going together, uh, we don't get either one. We don't participate in love. We don't participate in obedience. And we, we, we just get messed up inside. Jesus defined love and obedience together. In Matthew twenty two thirty seven, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. Even more directly, he spoke this in John 14. In John 14, verse 15. If you love me, keep my commands. In verse 21 of the same chapter, he says, Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So we see not only an equaling of love and obedience, but a cycle of love and experience, of really being able to experience love for what it is. In verse 23, Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My Father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. 15, verse 10 says, If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Obedience is more than just doing some stuff or following some rules. Obedience gives equal, equality, equality, yeah, equality, that's it, to love. and gives us the, the chance to experience godly love. And if you don't obey God, you'll, you'll never truly experience love. You think you will. And some of you in this room are probably even thinking, well, you know, I can experience love without obeying. But just think about how society tries to find love. The broken marriages, sleeping around, pornography, blah, blah, conflict, blah, blah, blah. The other day I was the, uh, eating a free pizza at Grimaldi's. Uh, my birthday was earlier this month. Uh, no, you don't have to sing happy birthday to me. It's all right. Uh, but I was, we were there eating a, a free pizza, which was awesome because there was like a free coupon. Um, and we're sitting there, and I was, I was doing some work on my phone, and I wasn't really paying attention to the wait or whatever. But uh, my spiritual wife, Bethany, she's like, you know, you, you should reach out to the waiter. Do you have a card on you? I'm like, no, I don't really, uh, maybe, but I don't I'm doing stuff. I haven't really talked to this guy. I'm, I'm in the midst of things. I'm like, all right, I got a card. 
And so I'm like, and then I, then I, then I give it to the waiter. I'm like, hey, my name's Adam. This is Bethany. We go to church. Here's a church. And he's like, oh, I've been looking for a church. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool. Well, you know, we, we live in Irving. I live in Irving! <laughs> All right, cool. Well. And I'd like to share my story with you. Do you have a few minutes? <laughs> I think he's coming out to the Northwest this morning, so very excited about that. But I realize more and more in those situations, it's like, I'm just following God because I love him. Not because I was feeling like it or it felt like, oh, well, I got this super connection with this guy. I need to talk to him. But it's just my love for God. You shouldn't obey because it seems cool or it's a list of self-improvements or it makes you feel better than someone else or based on feelings, it's because of love, it's a cycle of relationship in which you have to obey his commands if you want to participate in that relationship. And you have to obey it all, not pick and choose or, or pick the more noticeable ones. Hey, at least I'm doing this. And then leave the ones out you, you think you can hide or maybe nobody will talk to you about. God knows. Partial obedience is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. And that disobedience prevents relationship with him. Obedience creates relationship with love with him. In 1 John 5, 3, it says, In fact, this is love for God, to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome. I think we can fall into that lie that that God's commands are a burden. Oh, before my life with God, my, my life was a mess. But that nostalgia can kick in and be like, oh, it was so great when you're doing these drugs, you're doing these things, or whatever. It's like, no, it's a mess. His commands are not burdensome. Last scripture, 2 John 1 6 says, And this is love, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. There's some powerful scriptures here about love and commands. And please go back and study them out. But, but I just want you to think, you know, how am I going to walk in love at lunch? If I really want to experience love, if I really need to obey God's commands to experience love, how am I going to walk in love? At lunch, hanging out. Not just getting my burger, but encouraging others. How am I going to walk in love in my household? With my roommates? Am I conflicting or am I cooperating? With my parents? How am I going to walk in love in my household with my parents? With my kids? My wife? With my husband? How am I going to walk in love with my coworkers? You know, Tim talked about the great series coming up. That's awesome. It's great. But are you going to walk in love with that? Are you, are you going to 
Tell your coworkers about that. Are you going to love them? Are you going to obey and experience love? How am I going to walk in love with my neighbors? Am I going to have them over? Am I going to take them some cookies? How am I going to walk in love with my ministry? Am I going to be present? Am I going to listen to one another? Am I build each other up? I'm going to be humble and confess my sins. You know, there's more to obedience than just, oh, we got to go do this. Jesus wants us to have the habit of obedience for our good. It helps us to be real. It helps us to be perfect. It helps us to experience love. You know, as I close this out, I, I hope that we can be thankful for all the habits that we've been thinking about, that you've been hearing from up here. And I'm excited to see what this region can do as we put these habits in practice, as we put obedience in practice, as the city around us sees like, wow, that, whoa, that group is real. That, that group is being changed into something more. Wow, that, there's some love in that place. Thank you for listening to me this morning. Appreciate it. Love you. Have a good Sunday.